Welcome to Paradigm Shift, the podcast about the intersection of business and law. By changing yourself, you can change your business. Now, here's your host, Christina Martini. Welcome to Paradigm Shift. My name is Christina Martini, and I am your host as we explore the intersection of business and law. In today's episode, we are going to begin our exploration of diversity and inclusion in the law. What does DNI mean in the context of today's legal environment? Where are we with diversity in the legal profession? And what are our successes and failures with regard to diversity and inclusion today? In addition, we will explore the intersection of diversity with other areas we have previously looked at, such as emotional intelligence. Today's global business environment drives the need for diversity and inclusion, and they are essential ingredients in an organization's overall success. Now more than ever, clients face issues which cross various geographies, age groups, backgrounds, and ethnicities, and the legal workforce simply must reflect this reality. Collaboration among diverse working groups leads to a broader framework within which problems are identified and examined and helps to minimize the impact of people's weaknesses and blind spots by collectively leveraging on individual strengths. This, in turn, drives legal and business solutions, which are both positive and powerful. Businesses cannot create an environment which meaningfully respects and embraces people's differences without a healthy dose of emotional intelligence. Implementing a successful diversity and inclusion program, as well as ensuring the successful recruitment, development, retention, and promotion of diverse talent, requires certain EI cornerstones, such as effective relationship building, as well as honesty, trust, empathy, caring, and courage. The same is true of succession planning which helps ensure that the organization evolves in alignment with its core values and business objectives. Creating a truly diverse work environment often requires fundamental institutional social change. It is a continual process of raising the consciousness and awareness of diversity and inclusion, tailored specifically to the needs and desires of an individual organization. Employees at all levels must understand and prioritize these efforts so that diversity becomes ingrained in the culture. Senior management must first carefully define the meaning of diversity within the context of their organization and must establish a mechanism by which to benchmark the business's DNI performance against both short and long-term goals. Honesty, humility, and integrity help ensure that diversity-related communications are sent, received, and valued by employees. There needs to be open and frank discussions about successes and failures with respect to the organization's DNI efforts, and there must be mechanisms to help ensure that goals are achieved whenever possible. Formal committees and other management frameworks often provide helpful ways to develop, implement, and execute a strategic plan for diversity. Individuals who are charged with creating and preserving diversity within an organization must be held accountable for understanding all of the impacted employee groups and what motivates and inspires them and should be responsible for the ultimate success or failure of these efforts. 
For some, diversity is a moral discussion and is simply the right thing to do. Unfortunately, there are others for whom the economic business case must be established before they will offer their support. Walking the walk is also a critical element in ensuring that DNI efforts are authentic and, and collaborative and not merely window dressing. There must be a direct link between an organization's proclaimed values and its actual deeds. So how do we successfully create and maintain a diverse workforce? Businesses must first recruit diverse talent to create a diverse workplace. This can be accomplished in a variety of ways, particularly at the entry level, including through job fairs, networking events, summer internships, and other activities focused on diversity awareness. Pipeline initiatives have recently become a popular recruiting tool, both for law firms and corporations and are designed to help increase diverse law school enrollment. These programs are targeted to all academic levels, including high school and grammar school students. By developing long-term relationships with these young adults and providing them with the support they need, there is a greater chance that they will attend law school, graduate, and ultimately enter the workforce as a practicing lawyer. Hiring talent is just the beginning of an effective DNI program. Consistent, meaningful mentoring and training is absolutely essential to ensure that both new recruits and longer-term employees progress in their careers on the proper footing and that they effectively integrate into their department and organization. There must also be a recognition and understanding that the issues and challenges facing a diverse workforce are different and, in some ways, more complex and challenging than ever before. Everyone must try to understand, support, and empathize for each other. Diversity champions are often critical in this regard and are typically powerful individuals within the senior ranks who are willing to provide meaningful, one-on-one -on -one support to more junior members of the organization. The ultimate demonstration of faith and commitment in one's employees is through promotion and elevation. This goes hand-in-hand -hand with retention and is often the most challenging part of the equation. Now more than ever, successful advancement must be carefully evaluated and strategized well in advance of the promotion cycle, often by several years. There simply cannot be a successful long-term diversity effort without having a mechanism by which to ensure that there are senior role models for the next generation of lawyers. Succession planning is yet another fundamental component in positioning the organization for the future. There should be recognition that everyone needs continued support, mentoring, guidance, and leadership development training to ensure continued success, even those individuals at the senior levels of the organization. So let's switch gears for a few minutes and talk about diversity in the context of things such as hiring outside firms from a company's perspective. So just how much do companies weigh diversity when hiring law firms? The answer varies from company to company. However, over the past 15 years, the number has increased. In-house law departments have been on the leading edge of diversity in the bar since the original call to action was issued over 15 years ago. Increasingly over the years, companies track diversity metrics and look for substantive diversity meaning diverse attorneys with true equity stakes in their law firms 
and in the matters to which they are assigned to work. Some companies have established minimum percentages of their legal spend that must go to women and minority-owned law firms. Most companies will work with firms to improve their diversity representation, recognizing certain realities that may exist in a given geographic market. However, firms will have to demonstrate not only increasing efforts, but also results over time. At some point, law departments that are serious about their diversity efforts, and many are, will eventually stop sending business to law firms that do not show results in this area. More on that later. So what are some of the challenges in recruiting certain demographics, such as female and minority attorneys, to law firms? Over the past several years, and particularly since the onset of the last recession, recruiting legal talent has presented some additional distinct challenges. With law school recruiting, we are seeing lower student enrollment in many law schools across the country, and there had already been a significant decrease in enrollment in the minority student population a number of years ago. There have also been fewer summer associate and entry-level spots available at many firms when compared to historic hiring demands. The end result is that today there are generally fewer opportunities to hire both women and minorities at the entry level. These supply and demand issues extend to lateral recruitment. Unfortunately, the number of women and minorities significantly drops off over time, particularly among the more senior ranks in law firms and elsewhere. Furthermore, it can be more difficult to strike that delicate balance of aligning the firm's needs and goals in hiring a more senior lawyer against the skill set, needs, and goals of the recruit. Since there are fewer women and minorities among these senior ranks from which to choose, it is often a greater challenge to effectively recruit from this group. So is it a bigger challenge to recruit or to retain female and minority attorneys? The short answer is yes. It is definitely a bigger challenge to retain women and minority attorneys, and the same is true for all lawyers. Retention presents the same opportunities, rewards, and challenges that you find in any relationship. People change and grow, as do their law firms. The trick is to stay in alignment and for each to mutually contribute to the other, the lawyer to the firm and the firm to the lawyer. I am a Latina partner who has been at the same law firm for nearly 25 years. I'm very fortunate to have found an organization that has been professionally fulfilling and supportive of me during that time. Starting as a junior lawyer, I was able to learn under the tutelage of the best of the best, world-renowned lawyers who provided me access to many different working styles, encouraged me to develop my own, and gave me the chance to run client relationships from a young age. They also offered me a number of important leadership roles over the years including in hiring, practice group, and firm management, as well as in diversity, pro bono, and women's efforts. I've also been encouraged to pursue leadership opportunities outside the firm. All of these experiences have significantly contributed to my growth and development as an attorney and individual. It is this natural progression during the course of my career that has made it an easy decision for me to stay along my path and which I believe is reflective of what many professionals want and need from their employers in the long term. 
Each of these are just a few of the many issues which organizations are facing, which impact the effectiveness of their diversity and inclusion efforts. Ultimately, our individual and collective success hinges upon focusing on those qualities and circumstances which bring us together as professionals and as people, rather than on what divides us. This simple attitudinal and behavioral approach can make all the difference in causing the necessary paradigm shift to create more inclusive environments both now and in the future. In our next episode, we will be continuing our diversity and inclusion discussion with my interview of a general counsel who has been practicing law for many years, both in private practice as well as in-house, and who also served as the executive director of a nonprofit whose mission is focused on improving diversity in the bar. It will be my pleasure to welcome my good friend Jason Brown to the show. Jason is Vice President, General Counsel, and Secretary of Dyson, and our conversation promises to be a provocative and thoughtful discussion about this incredibly important topic. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Paradigm Shift. I hope that you have enjoyed laying the groundwork about diversity and inclusion and its importance to the legal profession. We hope that you will join us next time. I am your host, Christina Martini. Please look for our weekly episodes every Tuesday. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please visit us at www.paradigmshiftshow.com. We would love to hear from you. Please look for new episodes of Paradigm Shift every Tuesday.